Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. back to episode number 27 of our podcast and we are actually at the end of chapter number two of Song of Solomon and so if you are actually if you're going through the Song of Solomon devotional uh, book that you can act the book you can actually find this on day number 27 so we're kind of coinciding with this and if you don't have it yet you can get yours at danielstomba.com but right now in Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse number 17 we're talking about um, this 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 communication, you know, there's the cycle of Song of Solomon and the picture of the the healthy picture of a relationship is one where you have that cycle of communication, expression, and rest. It's a complete circle. When you can communicate your love or your um, your feelings, and then you have a way of expressing that, and then there's a place of resting where I just sort of rest and meditate in that, and I can grow because of that in my in my relationship with another person. And so our healthy relationship is communication, expression, and rest. And so you see that. You know, even in Scripture, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he communicated that, that he expressed it. Uh, he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you see the communication of God loving us. He's telling us, I love you. And he's doing more than just telling us, I love you. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. And he shows us by giving us his son as our substitute for sin. And accepting that, um, what, what happens? You have that rest, the ability now to rest in him. I rest in him, the completed work of the cross. And so, man, my my soul is secure. My, my spirit, rather, is secured in Christ and made alive by the spirit of Christ now and the sacrifice of Jesus now makes me... Um, one with the Father. It makes that connectivity, connection happen and communication, expression, and rest. And so as we looked at the song, Song of Solomon, we've seen that this, the bride, which is a picture of us, and we see God as the picture of as the king. And so you see that the bride of Christ, and you see that together. And so chapter 2 and verse number 17, if you remember last episode, we talked about number 26. And by the way, you can go back to any of these, and you can find these on iTunes. If you look under Lakeside with Daniel, um, you can find these, or you can look at Lakeside with Daniel on Podbean. Uh, I think it's danielstombaugh.podbean.com if you want to go through that platform. If you don't have iTunes, you can do that. But you can find it on iTunes as well as Like Side with Daniel is what that's under. But we saw leading up to this point that he was showing her all of these places in the kingdom and he was addressing specific wounds that she had in her heart. And when he addressed these wounds with her, um, you see him communicate this to her, and she was overwhelmed. So last week, remember, we looked at that and she looked at, she stopped him from walking. She looked up in his eyes and she's like, ah. Uh. You know, have you ever got to the point where you, you know, you just been completely overwhelmed by that by that person you love? I mean, you look in their eyes and you're like, I'm overwhelmed by you. Like, I just, I have no, I got no words. I got nothing. I got nothing. You know, you look at that because there's nothing more you can say. And she looks at him like that. She's like, just man, you're mine. I'm yours take me, you know, and she just goes right to it. But here, so we got this this part where she's talking to him, and they, man, he did. She said he feedeth among the lilies as an invitation for him to have her physically, and man, they do. And so in that process between 16 and 17, there's a whole lot of, cover your eyes, kids, you know, because then you got 17. And she's making another statement to him. She says, until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn my beloved 
and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bethar. I love I love the way they talk. You know, you know, I, a lot of these the scriptures that I'm using this from are King James. I love the King James. I love the fact how how beautiful the language is. But if, specifically, if you look at these, these what she's saying to him, it's like there's so much packed in here. And again, this is a song, so you have lyrics, melody, and in between the lyrics and the melody is the message. So don't get distracted by the lyrics. The lyrics are the shepherd girl and the bride and that lovey dovey. You know, oh, it's cute. And then the melody is the sexual content. And both of those can be really powerful as the song rolls along and but if you look at just one you walk away saying that's a good song i say that's a good song but if you look at the message what are these two things combined to show me about god's heart for me solomon said if you catch the message you'll get this as the greatest song that's ever been played it's the ultimate romance song ultimate love song it is the heart of your god for you and so you look at this it's like whoa so i'm looking at her and what she's saying to him i mean she is just they've just have communication and we've just they've just been some expression i mean some powerful expression between the two of them and now she's laying there with him and she's telling him very softly she's i imagine he she's laying there on his chest and and maybe she's just kind of like touching the side of his face with her fingertips and she looks at him and says until the day break and the shadows flee away Turn my beloved and be thou like a rung, young like a row or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. I don't I don't want anything to get in between us. You know, I, I just she was just telling, pleading with them, please don't don't let anything don't let anything change. You know? Like I really, really love what we have and I, I don't want that to change at all. I really love this. I don't want how I feel about you to change, and I don't want how you feel about me to change. You know, we said the ultimate test of any relationship is, is there, is there rest? You know, is there rest between us? And so when she is pleading with him, she is, she's very passionately pleading with him not to let anything get in the way of them. You know, I know you're a king. And again, what we're seeing is some doubts start to jump into her mind, her place. And she's going she's gonna to struggle with this. Just because God said you're clean doesn't mean you're not going to have days where you don't feel like you are. And just because God says you're righteous doesn't mean there's not going to be days where you and I don't feel like we're not. And just because God says that the work is done on the cross that secured you to me doesn't mean there will be days that we don't struggle with our flesh and don't struggle with this understanding of, man, am I or he loves me, he loves me not. And, you know, the churches are full of Christians that go there, they raise their hands during worship service or they sing with all their might, they sing specials, they may even preach sermons and they leave and they feel so far away from God because they feel like they've done something that has somehow distanced them from God. And there's not one person that doesn't accept what they feel over what God's word reveals from time to time. So if you've ever felt like that, you know, like her, you know, maybe you, you had this intense moment and you're just like, ah, please don't let anything change, God. <laughs> you know, I just felt revival in my spirit. Don't let that change. You know, she's like, I, I don't want anything to change with this. Please, 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 please don't stop me or, or interrupt me or, or, or just use your words and tell me if I'm doing something that's causing your heart to change towards me. Cause I, I don't want, I mean, she's telling Solomon, please don't let anything happen. Anytime a relationship is recognized for beauty that it holds, those relationships only have one fear. And that fear is that the relationship would come to an end. Anytime you have a relationship that's recognized for beauty that it holds, those in the relationships only have one fear. And that is that that relationship will come to an end. And she's expressing that fear to him. 
And Solomon continues to seek ways, and he will. Man, he's gonna he's gonna lay it on thick. And you thought the melody—that's the sexual content. You thought that was that we got hot and heavy at the beginning of chapter two. <laughs> it's gonna jump. It's gonna jump high in volume, and we're gonna have to tone down and really focus on the message because he is going to speak into her life, and he's gonna find ways to reassure her of his physical feelings for her and his his emotional feelings, his connectivity with her. He's gonna find ways to reassure his bride of his unfailing love. But the thing is awesome to me about this is when I read this, she finishes up with comparing him or asking to be like a roe or a young heart or a mountain goat on the mountains of Bethar. And you got to understand, goats goats were made for one thing, <laughs> on mountain goats specifically. They were made to climb mountains. <laughs> you know, they, they're not afraid of them. Like a goat, mountain goat looks at a mountain like, what's that? You know, he's going to jump those mountains. And if you ever watched them, man, they, the little ones especially, they're jumping around from cliff to cliff to cliff. And those things do not fall. Those guys judge their, their, their or I'm sure some of them are gals, but they judge their distances perfectly. Perfectly, and they jump those chasms and man they're just so sure on their feet nothing they don't fall they don't stumble they don't trip and she was saying hey if there's a mountain that gets in between us don't don't fall man climb that thing just just please find a way around it just don't, don't let me do something that's going to cause you to change for me and the thing is you and i come to christ like that we feel like that don't we feel like man just don't let anything change please god don't let anything change for that and the thing is that you and i no longer have to plead with god to keep his love and attention. Man, there's nothing you and I have to do to plead with God to keep his love and attention. So we're looking at this, and as she makes these declarations, and and what we find is a fear. She's telling him, please don't let anything change the way you feel about me. Please don't let me do anything that's going to cause you not to love me anymore. And and, man, the greatest fear that you could have when you're in a relationship with beauty is that you fear that it's going to come to an end. And she's like, please don't let this happen. And, and, And God says this, you and I no longer have to plead with him to keep his love and attention. There's nothing you could ever do to keep him from loving you because his gift of salvation leveled any mountain that stood between us. Man, you hear that song, ain't no mountain high enough. I mean, that's what it was. He was like, there ain't nothing that's going to keep me from getting to you, babe. He's like, man, my love for you was decided for by me. My love for you is not based upon you. My love for you is not based upon you on your behavior. My love is based upon me and my behavior. Hebrews says, man, I based my covenant upon my own name. Had nothing to even do with you. You've got this promise because I am who I said I am. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you don't deserve it or not guess what you don't i made you worthy you're not what you feel was you what i'm revealing about you man i'm revealing this about you my gift of salvation leveled any mountain and the only mountains that can exist between me and my god are the mountains that i build up in my mind the things that i just lift up as bigger than god man i, I was at a, a youth rally one time we were t- talking speaking, speaking to the teenagers and and one of the people asked the question one of the teens they were asking different questions right and one of the teenagers asked the question will a tattoo send you to hell and the pastor on the panel with me, he rolls up his sleeve. He's got one in his arm. He says, I hope not, you know, because I got one. And people kind of laughed and chuckled. And and then the parents said, well, you got that like after you were saved, before you were saved, right? And the question was there. The fear was there. Don't, don't leave me, God. I got a tattoo. Don't leave me. And I said, can I answer this question? God's love can cleanse any stain though your sins be as scarlet they'll be as white as snow he'll cleanse any stain except tattooing because there's some stains that even christ's blood with bleach can't take out no he said i love you i love you 
lock, stock, and barrel. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can do that could possibly undo what I've done for you on the cross. Nothing. Man, am I encouraging people to go get a tattoo? Am I encouraging you to go out and do whatever you want to? And uh, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that if you do, you have an awesome opportunity to understand that God's love for you was based upon himself and not upon you. His Calvary experience was based upon his desire for you and not yours. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinning, Christ died for me. Man, Paul said, in Galatians 2.20 says, he loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, when I think about what God did for the world, that makes sense. When I think about what God did for the country, that makes sense. When I think of what he did for this area of geography, that makes sense. But when I think about what Jesus did for me, man, I struggle with that. That's, that's overwhelming to me. She's pleading with him, please don't let this change you. Please don't let anything change what we have. And he's reminding her there is nothing that can change me. Man, there's nothing. There's no mountain that can come between us except for the ones we create in our minds. And God says, I've overcome all the obstacles. Let me ask you a question. What obstacle do you feel comes between you and God and your closeness with him? What obstacle do you feel comes between you and your God when you think of being close to God? There's a song, man, I grew up in church, and it's nothing between my soul and the Savior, and keep the way clean, let nothing between, and it sounds so beautiful to say that, it's a hymn, and it sounds so beautiful, but the truth is, it's so wrong. Keep the way clean, there's nothing I can do to keep the way clean. He made the way clean, like, he took a steamroller, he dynamited the mountain, it's gone. He said, as far as the east is from the west, it's gone. You stand in me. What obstacles do you feel that can come between you and God in your closeness with him? What offenses that you can are that you can do can can you do that are great enough to overturn the shed blood of Christ that cleansed you? Truth is nothing. Nothing. What's more offensive of the gospel? The most offensive part of the gospel is not the fact that Jesus died on the cross to save man from his sin. Forgive us. The most offensive part of the gospel is there's nothing you can do. <laughs> you have no part of that. <laughs> he did it. He did the work for you. Like you can't deserve it. You can't keep yourself righteous. Like God made you righteous, and you can't. He didn't say I saved you and cleaned you up. Now keep yourself clean. No, he did it. He did it. I love this. I love the plea that she gives because it reminds me that in my relationship with the King, I no longer have to plead that. Man, God is skilled at climbing over every, any mountain that I can ever try to put in the way. Like a roe or a mountain goat. <laughs> you put it in front of him, and guess what? Ain't no mountain high enough to keep me from getting to you. <laughs> That's what I think of when I hear that song. I'm walking to the store and I'm hearing that song. I'm just like, man, God, I'm so glad that you are skilled to climb over my mental roadblocks. <laughs> you know, Anything that I put in the way, you're skilled enough to come over there for me because you love me, and I thank you for that. Man, I thank you for being awesome. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for your cleansing blood. I thank you for the fact that you have made me new. I thank you for the fact that you have made me a joint heir with Christ. I thank you for your covenant. Man, I thank you every time that mountain comes in the way and I feel like that girl where I'm saying, hey, don't let anything change. I'm reminded that, God, you are there. Like you, you scale any mountain that I can put in the way. 
I used to live under the shadow of those mountains, y'all. I used to, you all, that's the southern term, y'all. I used to live under the shadow of those mountains. I used to live defeated. You know, I, I do so much and it's like, I can never quite do enough to earn God. You know, I'd feel like I just failed him all the time until I realized that it had nothing to do with me. I was making God's gospel about me. I was making it mine, like Daniel's gospel. But Daniel's gospel and God's gospel are two different things, man. Two different things. God is so much in love with you. Like he was willing to go to the cross for you while you were actively rejecting him. He was looking to bring you into reconciliation with him. Man, you are so valuable. And I wish I wish we could understand it. We feel so much that we're not, but man, we are not what we feel or what his word reveals. This has been episode number 27. Thank you so much for being with me on this. I can't wait for the next next episode we have. Uh, you you, you, you got to get up to get what you want is what we're talking about. We start in chapter 3 and verse number 1 next, uh, next time we meet on Lakeside. And thank you so much for being with me. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Make sure you give away your smile today because honestly, the world is hungry for your source. They, they, they're looking. They don't need another act. They don't need another pretend. They don't need another show. They need your source of strength. So when you smile that, you're actually reflecting what your source is, who's on the inside. God bless you. Hope you have a fantastic day. If you don't have Song of Solomon book, I encourage you to go ahead and get your copy, danielstombaugh.com. And there's blogs on there and some other tools as well and resources but i encourage you to get your copy of your your own copy of your devotional journal and solomon song and let's go through this thing together god bless you see you next time in chapter number three